to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who would only be running down Broad Street if they were being chased by the police. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> um, and not even that. Depends on, like, why I am running. Like if if it's for a misdemeanor or less, I am not running. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. I'm out of shape, and you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And this is Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at producer Gene. And uh, if I'm running, you want to go the same direction, not the other way. What? Why is that? Because whatever I'm running from's got from's got to be oh, real bad. I got it. Hey Chuck, I like that answer because you have like the confidence in your uh, like you're financially stable enough to like get a, get a lawyer, beat the rap. <laughs> is that is that the philosophy there? Uh, I was just thinking I was Caucasian enough for that. So um, <laughs> not even a laugh. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's like, oh, not touching that one. Not touching that one. Broad Street Run was today. Um, shout out to all those maniacs who were able to uh, to accomplish that in just driving rain. That had to have been miserable. Yeah, I, I mean, it was cold inside. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate. They, they should have had a rain. They should have rain dates for that. No, you can't if, be running in that kind of rain. Well, I mean, I'm not one to judge, but, but I mean, it, it's a huge event. They can't postpone it. If you're up for 10 miles, you should be up for 10 miles plus rain. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, just avoiding the inevitable here. We got to talk about the Sixers. Uh, and let me just start off by saying how angry I am at this game four loss. Uh, last time we spoke, we had a we were talking about a game one loss. Yeah, and I was all jazzed to get on today to talk about games two and three. And I mean, they just they just throw out this clunker today. Yeah, I I was thinking about that last show a lot because I threw it out to you guys I'm like, well, is this going to be the same as last series? Win the first game, sorry, lose the first game, and win the next four. And you guys assured me, no, that wouldn't be the case. But after games two and three, I kind of thought it might happen. You know, Toronto looks like a one-player team, and the Sixers seem to be getting in a groove. So I was fully expecting today to be a win and for us to go and celebrate being up 3-1. Being tied 2-2 is worlds different. It's like the first four games don't even matter now. Here's a uh, here's my thought, um, and maybe this is a good place to kind of start the conversation. Obviously, uh, apparently, my point was not a good place to start the conversation. <laughs> but go on, Jim. Um, no, you're Chuck. You're you're Chuck. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> your points are always good places to start conversations, Chuck. The uh, this game, I think, the first big decision might have come down to whether or not Joel Embiid should have played at all. Apparently, from what I'm uh, gathering from the uh, from the scuttlebutt, the uh, he called Brett Brown at like six thirty this morning. He hadn't slept. He was having uh, terrible issues with his uh, his breathing. Went to the meeting and basically, from what I'm hearing, he sat in the back and hacked up a lung. Uh, this is the kind of thing where you know, if if I had shown up to work in that condition, my boss would have said, uh, "Before you get all the rest of us sick, take your computer and go work from home." Uh, I guess, unfortunately, you can't play center in the NBA from home. So 
I think under is this a case of they feel that they cannot beat the Raptors without him or because they clearly made the decision in the first round to go into games with the strategy of we don't have Joel, we'll play with what we've got. Or does that not work in this in this series? Or is Joel being like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good, when clearly anybody who was watching after the first quarter, first five minutes, first couple possessions, you could be like, he's not he's not himself. He's not going to he's not going to be effective, uh, you know, except maybe in spurts. And when he came down off that dunk and winced, uh, you know, basically I was like, just take him to the locker room. Just put him in bubble wrap now. Just stop all of this. Well, here's where I'm at with this guy. No, we cannot beat the Raptors without Joe Embiid. Forget about anything beyond this series. And it's like he understands that, but and he and he understands that when he's on the court. But does he understand that when he's off the court? You know, we got uh, we got structural like you know knee stuff that that bothers him we have uh he's got diarrhea in one game now he's got a cold he's got to be hooked up to an iv at 6 a.m like i you understand how important you are when you're on the court but you need to start understanding how important you are when you're off the court too because i mean the sixers are a billion dollar franchise or however many million dollar franchise and he's the cornerstone of the whole goddamn thing you know it's time to start recognizing that and you know the best ability is availability right so you you know take care of yourself it's the goddamn playoffs man this is not like regular season stuff it's like we need you every single game this is unacceptable stop getting sick several things on that but take an airborne <laughs> yeah, take, well that i'll start with that one i can whatever like a b12 shot like you know you know take a sleeping pill if you can't sleep like sleep in a hyperbaric chamber i don't yeah, care yeah the the whole like you know short of performance enhancing drugs they have team doctors for a reason like be mainlining like vitamin C, do something to to just get you through the game. Hell, a hot toddy probably would have done it a little bit, take the edge off, but like I and to call it a cold, I'm like I know what a cold is. Even a bad cold, you know, a bad cold can get you dragging, but you should be able to to push through it. You know, get your extra rest. You know, drink fluids, do flonase, do whatever it is to push through it. For I mean, we a... are talking about playing at the highest level. No, I understand, but it's possible. You know, yeah, no, no, but I'm just saying I, it doesn't sound like a cold. Like, I, I, it, I think it's probably uh, more tantamount to having the early stages of like very seriously the flu. And I think what may yeah. be the issue with Joel is you're talking about a guy who already has got joint issues. And just think about when when you've had to go through having uh, the flu and having feeling those aches and pains when when you're a guy who's seven feet tall and you, you know his knee joint is as big as my head so uh you know the the exponential pain in that joint was probably magnified i think that was more to do with why he probably winced coming down i guess more i i don't doubt that he was ill and i don't i don't know that there was anything that was going to get him ready for this game but my question is was playing him because Joel's going to say, I'm good to go, 
Like, we know that that's the type of player that he is. It's one of the things that we love about him. He doesn't want to sit. So he's going to say, I'm good to go. I'll push through it. Isn't this the job of either the medical staff to be aware of what his symptoms are and be like, it's, he's not going to be able to overcome it? Or uh, Brett Brown to, to see early in the game, uh, I got to go to plan B. Th- this isn't going to work out. Uh, you know, isn't he, in, in the end, hurting the team more if he can't do the things that we need him to do to win? Uh, if he can't play the way that we need him to play to win, wouldn't it be better to try and work the offense and defense through players that have a little more jump, players that have a little more uh, juice in them? Uh, I, I don't know. Th- that's kind of what the take. There were definitely points, and certainly in the second half, where I said, you know, Either it's through distraction from what he's going through or just physical inability to, to perform at the level that he's used to performing. Uh, he's a liability. He's making making physical errors. He's trying to do things and his body won't let him. And, and maybe the caution would have been the better the better part. We, we weren't down. This was not a game for our life. This was a game to try and end the Raptors life. The, Brett's in an impossible situation with this. If he... If he goes down playing Monroe because he feels Embiid's not as effective as he normally is, and he goes down, uh, you know, we're nailing him to a cross uh, tonight. You know, I, I would just assume go down swinging with Joel because, I mean, he did have some amazing plays in this game, especially some blocks, um, you know, in, in the middle quarters. Of the game, but yeah, he was just clearly gassed in the fourth, particularly when we're you know, it, when it was crunch time, and you know, Embiid does his typical like three really disgustingly sloppy turnovers that make you like put your head through drywall. Uh, <laughs> so there was that, um, and you know, on cue, that's that's pretty much what happened, and just didn't have it. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I think he definitely stardom unless it's i think more of the stomach bug if someone's actively getting sick okay maybe you just go he he can't even be there (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) what game was that that was uncomfortable to watch um but (laughs) i i totally thought he was gonna yak on the quarter or shit his pants or something so game two wasn't it of this series yeah it really was it felt like so long ago but yeah, he was. Yeah, we had the loss, the diarrhea game. Yeah. Then the game that Embiid felt fine. And now we have this game. <laughs> I mean, that's how fast it swings with this dude. Like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. We know about the, the big men, the, like, not just in basketball, but any sport where you have someone so massive, they break down. Like, human beings are not supposed to be that big. So, you know, their their careers are short. They have all sorts of health problems. They invariably die young. Like, I'm, I, I mean, I hope Embiid lives I, to be 100, but I'm just saying. Chuck Siders, optimist. I get yeah, it. But, but they do. They, they, it, does it make him more prone to illness? I, but that's my point. Like, I get it if it's a knee thing. I get it if it's a foot thing. When when you got the runs, that's different. I don't think your height has anything to do with that. I, I didn't either, but now I'm wondering. I don't think <laughs> you have to wonder. wonder. I, I, I I I'm not sure we need uh, Doctor Heck for this one. I, I think we can we can do this one on our own because uh, you know I have children that I see it enough. They're short. I'm tall. We both get it at the same. 
<laughs> well, I'm not tall. I'm taller than them. Yeah, but proportionate. <laughs> That's the... All right, My I children derail. are to me as I am to Joel. Yeah, right. no, no, no. But Joel is like he's not a. He's just bigger than average. So if thanks, thanks, Chuck. <laughs> this is the insight people tune in to listen for. All right, fine. Go to the next topic. <laughs> well, is... You want me talking X's and O's in basketball? I can talk no. about illness and tall people. No, please tell me if Joel is taller than the average human or not. <laughs> Gene? The, here's, the, uh, here's one of the irritating things from the broadcast, amongst many. Uh, but if I had to hear them talk about how during the regular season they rested Kawhi so that he would be so fresh for the playoffs, I was going to hurl some sort of heavy object through my very expensive television. Um, I, I'm so sick of of this particular ABC ESPN goofball shenanigan crew with their... I mean, like, granted, I, I'm kind of fawning all over Kawhi, too. He does things that are irritatingly amazing. Like, there's, there's nothing... But I, I'm so sick of hearing about how he only played nine games for the Spurs. You know what? That was kind of bullshit that he only played nine games for the Spurs. I'm sure the Spurs would have appreciated having a guy that good playing for them last year. But he didn't want to or didn't feel like it. I'm amazed that he played as many games as he did for the Raptors because I don't think he feels like being in Canada either. Well, just to, to, to unpack your first. Hubie Brown, I mean, just uh, he may have fought in World War II. <laughs> and I, 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 this guy, I can't listen to this. I mean... It's the most, I don't know, it's such a dry analysis that, you know, he agrees with every call. But I, I don't know. Uh, that, did, Chuck, the broadcast, did you enjoy the broadcast at all? The team? I mean, it's so dry. That's like uh, the only way I can really describe it. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I, I don't know. I think I've brought this up many times. Half the times I'm watching games without the sound on. Yeah. Like, you know, Daniel Tiger is yeah. <laughs> Daniel Tiger is on the main TV and I have the game on the iPad. So, um, but actually I had a good a good bit of uh the sound on during the game. I didn't think much of it. I don't yeah. know, basketball it's going quickly enough and you know, it's so I yeah. wasn't. I think when we're just used attention. to listening to when we're just used to listening to like Zoom off. Yeah, it, it it just feels like they don't care. Like I, I get like being balanced, but they seem actively disinterested in being there. Yes, I was once you started describing that gene disinterest was the word that popped into my head, where it's like, you know, I, I feel like there was a change of possession twice, and they're still stuck on some anecdote. Yeah, they are like they love the yarn. Like they aren't even anecdotes. Like they drone on and on about literally nothing. I think I heard uh, Hubie unwrapping a Werther's original. Door. You absolutely did. You absolutely did. There were shots of him like just like he. I think they have one of those like candy dishes that like grandmas have on the coffee table. They're the only people in professional broadcasting that eat those disgusting butterscotches that every grandma has. 
You need to clarify which butterscotches you mean. The yellow wrapper ones. I don't know what brand they are. They're grandma. There, there is no brand. They're just gold <laughs> discs. Right? That have all the, been sitting there. Them. Grandmas get them when they are, achieve grandmahood, and they just sit on a table for the rest of eternity. They're like, what, like Br- Brock's? Brex? Yeah, maybe. Okay, those, A, they're not too bad, but I thought we were talking about the War of Those Originals. No, War of Those Originals are good. Yeah, they're okay. As long as we agree on that. Yeah. But, like, you only have those for special occasions, like when all the grandkids are there. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I want to talk because we haven't really unpacked the Raptors uh, very much, like just overall. Now that we're kind of midway through this series, a little over halfway through this series, who is driving you crazy? Like, who is it like, you know, you always develop these guys that you didn't hate before a playoff series and now you hate them. You have that guy. I I hate Kyle Lowry. Oh my God! Well, I <laughs> developed such a, a hatred for him when he. Over the last I week. think it was was it in Game One or I guess I think it was actually in Game Two when they were kind of like fighting to get back, you know, close to to pulling that one out. Um, he had been doing nothing and then hit like two clutch three pointers that were like, really, dude? Like you're supposed to be done here. Like stop with the being Mister Clutch. Uh, well, it's not even that for me. It's the like again. We'll go back to the commentators. They're always praising him for being involved in plays where there are like fouls or strange offensive fouls are called when he's the defender or something like that. But it's because he's flopping all over the. Oh yeah, plays. the guy it, seriously should win an Emmy. It, it's absurd, and the play today. Where, you know, if you watch it in slow motion, he actually hit himself in the face and yeah. then complained to the ref that there was no foul. I've left on my check. You it, can't foul it yourself. Pains, yeah, it's painful to say because he's from Philly. Yeah, I know. It's 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 kind of tough. But he wasn't he also the one that was involved early in the series with the with the he he I guess uh, got called for a foul or had a, a, an offensive foul called against him. That was a phantom one. And um, they were praising that he had was in a good position to fake that he had gotten fouled. Yes. Yes. That was him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's his method of um, begging the ref for a foul that drives me like the most crazy. He looks like, uh, I don't know, like a Nickelodeon character <laughs> when he's like, so, uh, shocked that no foul was called or, or shocked that there was a foul called on him. He just looks like a cartoon character. He's literally <laughs> like the NBA embodiment of like somebody clutching their pearls. Yeah. And that's why he gets, uh, that's why he gets an elbow to the B sack. <laughs> <laughs> Deserved it. Sitting on Ben. So it would have never happened if he wasn't kind of being an asshole about it. Yeah, no, he deserved it. Game three got a little chippy because it wasn't game three also the 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 infamous trip now that everybody's talking about that that actually caused an, an injury actually caused a player possibly to to miss time in the in the series because he was trying to trip Joel Embiid. Well, see, well, Siakam. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, that was that was, I, oh, it was oh, all in the oh, same game. Th- that's what made him questionable for today. That's game? what I'm hearing is that it's you know it's not just coincidence that he pulled that tried to make that move and then was fairly ineffective for the rest of that game and then was out for game four well siakam uh 
injuring him would be the simplest answer, and I'm pretty sure that would make it a uh, Siakam's razor. <laughs> That's all I have. It's decent. <laughs> That's a six out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Better than I thought it would be, but I just couldn't hold it back. (laughs) No, it's not bad. It's not bad. (laughs) But but I'm not I'm not a hate Siakam guy. So are you a hate Kawhi guy? It's hard. I I mean, obviously, you want to hate Kawhi. I I I didn't. I never wanted Kawhi to be a Sixer. There are a lot of people that were calling for us to to, to pick Kawhi up, uh, you know, basically uh, mortgage the farm to, to to get Kawhi over the summer, especially after LeBron decided to sign for L.A. Uh, I, I don't – obviously, Kawhi is really, really talented. And he did some things – Especially in more, today's more analysis, people are people are tuning in for. I know, I know, Captain <laughs> Obvious. But that play that, that really put the dagger at the end of the game, where he hit that three over Joel Embiid. Like I don't, I very seriously have no idea how you possibly make that shot. Like physics. Like physics I don't understand applied. the science. Like we should call somebody at a physics department to explain how he possibly had an angle to make that shot. Like that's just that's amazing stuff, and that's that. You can't hate that necessarily. Uh, I, I don't like the crap he pulled in San Antonio. I'm not a Spurs fan, so obviously I don't care that much. But it was enough to be like, I don't really want a guy who, if he decides he doesn't want to be here anymore, will just stop playing. I already went through that. His name was Andrew uh, Bynum. And, uh, you know, if, if I don't want to live through that again. So if, if what this guy really wants to do is go be on some super team in L.A. or whatever, or from what I understand, everything that has been reported is that this guy wants to, to be the face of his own franchise in a big city. I, I don't know. I, I don't really get any kind of vibe on the guy's personality. But he is— Wait, you don't get a vibe on his personality? I mean, he looks like a miserable son of a bitch to me. Well, he, he does have very—I mean, I, I think uh, Ben Simmons is deadpan. Um, but he like makes Ben Simmons look like the goddamn Joker. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that bothers me about about Kawhi, though, or at least is annoying to me, is like the the whole roboticness of him, and then like everybody comments on it, like is he a machine? Yeah, is he even human? <laughs> well, I guess if you get as many days off as him, he must be human. Yeah. Okay. So we did him. <laughs> um, who else? Gasol. We hating Gasol yet? Kind of non-factor. I wanted to hate him after game one, but then, you know, you kind of saw that he's, you know, yeah. he's certainly, not too bad. certainly so, able so, to be got, you know. So overall, not too bad. We just basically have the, the Kyle Lowry. Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> it's only going to get worse now. Game five. Yeah. Um, so it's one right, more let's... at home, right? And then. No. That's no, it. no. So it's. It's one, one, one. It's okay. not a. You know, it's not the two, three, two. Um, <clears throat> so the Raptors in general, uh, are they are they embracing this whole North thing just because they realize that Raptors is a stupid fucking name for a basketball team? <laughs> well, I mean, and they go and they go from one movie tie-in to a TV show tie-in. Yeah. Wait, 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 what's the TV show tie-in? Oh, Game, the, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they still had to keep cutting to Jurassic Park. Let's go to Jurassic Park and see the the four Canadians that care about basketball cheer. All right, stupider <laughs> than Mighty Ducks, Raptors. Oh, way stupider, in my opinion, way stupider. At least the Mighty Ducks had a movie and they're owned by Disney. Like, I get that. Like, 
the Steven Spielberg owned the Canadian franchise? Were there Raptors in Toronto? That's a good question. I have no idea about the Ducks in Anaheim if they're mightier than Ducks across the rest of the nation. I bet you I there think... are Ducks in Anaheim, though. Like, I bet you that's a well, thing. Yeah, but are they juicing? <laughs> <laughs> but but I I I think Raptors is a fine name if it weren't so blatantly taken from Jurassic Park. You know, the Mighty Ducks, I think, is actually worse, even though I have affection for the Ducks. I own a Ducks jersey, but because that's like product placement. You know, it was the same company that made the movie bought the team. Right. Raptors, it would be like going... All right, we have a new basketball team. What do you want to name them? Uh, the Avengers. <laughs> like, like, I mean, that's what it would be, you know. And like, and it's just so such a blatant pandering. Well, even worse would be like, let's name them the Hulk, <laughs> like a character in the movie. I mean, yeah. I'm in for that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I could get down with the Avengers team, but, um. Yeah, so Jurassic Park came out in 93. The Raptors uh, began playing basketball in, in 95. Oh, so, 95. I thought it was 94. But it's but so I, typical of like these but crap the, but the 90s decision names. was probably already made in 94. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was probably okay. like right on the heels. Oh, no. It was just taking it. It's like, oh, this is like the new type of dinosaur. We're now the Raptors. I mean, how bad would it be if they were the T-Rexes? That would be like, probably that, worse, actually. Like, yeah. So... And it's not appropriate to have a raptor or a T-Rex for a basketball team. Like, dinosaurs <laughs> don't have arms. Like, maybe for a soccer team, but... <laughs> and then that, like, original logo of the, the raptor, like, dribbling a basketball in a basketball uniform. Really, very seriously, I think the raptor should just change their names to the Vince Carters. Because that's the only thing I associate with that franchise. Is well, just, he is also a dinosaur. Just Vince Carter. <laughs> it should be the Toronto Vince Carters. And it should just be a big, big picture of his head with his headband dunking a ball on their shirts. That well, it makes be... it more appropriate that Hubie was calling the game, though. Well, th I mean, both of them, I think, actually fought in World War II. <laughs> they were probably in the same squadron. <laughs> Yeah, so the, and then when they kept uh, showing back to, to Jurassic Park, where the fans were all watching the game, well, in Jurassic I, Park, I will say probably this. just because the Leafs are out of the playoffs. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, we'll we'll just call it Jurassic Park, I guess. Just no <laughs> shame to that game, right there. Might as well. At least they didn't call it Jurassic World. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, they went with a good movie. Right? The, you, know, you know, next week they're going to be calling it Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> the, uh, the, Sorry, the, the I'm are... having a bad night, boys. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Just keep throwing them out there. I'll something else. <laughs> the, uh, one in ten sticks. So. The, uh, they're, the, they're maybe one of the, well, the top three examples of, like, bad uh, marketing for sports teams in the 90s. Um the Ducks, I think, are probably another example. The original, like, whole concept of the Marlins is terrible. Like, why that color or whatever whatever color you want to call is, is it teal? Is it blue? Is it green? Ugh, it's awful is what it is. Um, the Diamondbacks color scheme, the original color scheme, that's that's not great. The Diamondbacks Dude, teal is, and purple were all over the place in the 90s. Right, and, yeah. and then you take, like, this kind of, like, 
hyper fuchsia red or whatever and and purple and you put a dinosaur on it it's almost like they went and found like that kid in uh grade school that sat in the back with like and still played in his with his dinosaurs in the eighth grade and we're like hey what do you want to name the basketball team in toronto let's go on the raptors and we'll make them purple And then I'll draw that S thing, you know, like the diamond points. Like, it would be... Dude, I love your uh, hyper-excited middle school kid voice. You you break it out, everyone. I think that's the first time um, he's made an appearance on the show. Uh, He may be a character. Uh, 90s 90s middle school child. I feel like there could be other uses for him. (laughs) I can't wait for that. I need my starter jacket! Hey! Uh, 90s middle school kid, what do you think of that dude's Mike Scott tattoo? I'm so glad he got free tickets! <laughs> so, is what? this the one that the guy got on his ass? And no. Like, no, oh, I think it's on his arm. It's leg. like a ribs. Oh, is it? Oh, God. Yeah, it's like on the ribs. It says Mike Scott tribe. Or no, Mike Scott hive. Right, Mike Scott yeah. hive. And, it's and got then like a the, the O, pattern. the O in Scott has the ninja headband. Yeah, on it. It's pretty cool. Can uh, someone it, explain to me what this tattoo means? I think it means I want free tickets from Mike Scott, and it worked. But what is Hive? I I honestly don't know. Like it really should have had a, a picture of Steve Carell underneath of it. Is really what it should have known. <laughs> Regional manager. Or it should have just had like uh, like an emoji. Like what's the what kind of emoji would be best? For Mike Scott, probably the one with like its well, tongue out, or maybe for that guy, you know, like what's my emoji, you know? Uh, is I it th- the? Uh, I think yours is angry. Yeah, the angry emoji. Well, the confused emoji. I don't know. I'm the pile of poop. So, <laughs> <laughs> which was originally supposed to be chocolate ice cream, right? It was never chocolate ice cream. There's, there's no way you could possibly be like, yeah, man, like it's definitely supposed to be chocolate. It's, it's crap, literally. <laughs> All right, out of a soft serve uh, ice cream machine. Yeah, it's a perfect swirl. Right. Has anybody ever had the need to? Because there's no vanilla ice cream emoji. <laughs> Has anybody ever needed to actually send somebody a chocolate ice cream emoji? I need to send the shit emoji on a daily basis. I have never needed to send like I'm gonna have cr- uh, chocolate Gene, ice cream Gene, emoji. Gene, I'm at Gene, I'm at Core Brothers right now. Do you do you want me to pick you up a a coma flavor? Do you want right? <laughs> How can I? How can I say like the orange and cream swirl? Like I, because that's what I want. All right. Well, you wouldn't just send me the chocolate emoji. You want a chocolate? Uh, it's too risky. Too risky. Too risky. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sixers. Good luck in Game Five. We really need you to pull that one out. Uh, let's move on to the Phillies. Interesting week for the Phils. You guys, you guys been watching, right? I watched today. I didn't watch much of yesterday. I know that uh, we lost yesterday. Yeah, in a great, great way. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> oh, yesterday was a beating. Yeah. Well, so this, this is the for, game where we like come two innings, except for two innings. Yeah, this is the game where we come back because we ended up winning the series. Then, right? We won two we out did. of three. Yeah, which yeah. is like. And this is, I think we talked about this earlier in the year. So we had a bad loss here in the middle of this, uh, in the middle of the series. So, you know, by all accounts, we really could have swept them, uh, swept them out here. But 
you know, we won two out of three, and that's the name of the game, right? Win two out of three. Win two out of three. We're on, I heard uh, we're on a 93-win clip at the moment. Nice. That's not bad. That's right That'll around where us. all of us had, had the team predicted. That'll get the job yeah. done for sure. Um, but because the offense is decent, it went from, like, the, the offense is elite to the offense is good. They're gonna, we're going to be in so many games that the losses are going to hurt. Well, I, I, I'm not sure I'm prepared to downgrade the offense just to good. I mean, if you want to talk very good, sure. Um, I still think, but it was torrid. Like, oh, at the it was. Of the season. It was, and we have moments of, yeah, we're gonna, you know, pick up six runs this inning, and that's all we're gonna do. I, I think the pain comes from when the 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 holes in this team become glaring when it's you know offense say whatever you want you know good great elite well, whatever it's it, definitely I, I not think, bad i think it's segura definitely not being bad. Out, yeah i think segura being out is uh, affecting me in my perception of it because yeah. they did regress a little bit with segura out well it, they did and it's one of those things where I think we finally really get to see how valuable he was in the offseason. I don't know that he was quite appreciated the way some of the other signings were, obviously, Realmuto and, and, and Harper. But very – he was the maybe the, the most important move. Him and McCutche and, 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 and Kutch have been – very consistent. That's and that's been the key. Is it's been very hard to completely shut this offense down when you've had two guys at the top of the lineup that that grind out at bats the way those two guys do. Mm-hmm. They have the threat of a little bit of pop, and it is really hard to get Gene Segura out. It's yeah. really really hard. He, how how deranged are the Seattle Mariners? I have no idea what they were doing. <laughs> like, why did you why? let him go? And JP Crawford can't make the big leagues. He's not a big, he's not a big league baseball player. That was robbery, and they took Carlos Santana off our hands. <laughs> if we make the playoffs, they should get like to play in a, in a two game yeah. series as an assist or something. <laughs> yeah. No, and you know, uh, with McCutcheon and Segura, the just the consistency. If one is if both of them don't make the base, you know, don't get on base. One of them definitely does. Like, I feel like we are always getting to Harper with a man on base. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's such a consistent lineup. Even, even when any, you know, individual player is, is spotty or, you know, going cold or going hot. Um, the, the offense is something that can be relied on to produce runs. Most games, the the bullpen, the starting pitching, that's another matter. The bullpen yeah. isn't the disaster it felt like, but they're just so unreliable. You know, you have a good game, you have a bad game here or there. You just I have absolutely no confidence with our pitchers in general. You know, even yeah, our, I feel like there's, even there's our not really anybody, maybe other than Eflin. Eflin started today, right? Uh yes yes it is. okay he's been pretty solid I I can't think of a game where Eflin has gotten the doors blown off him where he hasn't shown well um, Eflin and Eichhoff right it, which has been kind of an, an interesting thing every pitcher in the in the bullpen has had periods where they've been 
really, really good, and then they have moments where they implode. Um, so, but that's a bullpen. But that's a bullpen. Yeah. And I think we kind of got lulled into this sense of that it's not going to matter so much because the offense is going to be so prolific that uh, you know they're you know the offense just needs as long as they've got three outs then they can put up nine runs. Um, and I think that they have that potential, but. As as time has worn on in the game of baseball, the, the reason they say it's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, is mu- much like a a marathon. Uh, it wears on you, so there are going to be periods where uh, you're going to be physically unable to be performing it at at your peak. And and kind of the the beauty of baseball is watching how a team is able to struggle through those periods where maybe they're tired or maybe they're mentally not able to focus. It's it's impossible to play every day at the level that these guys have to play at and perform uh, at the top of uh, the top level. If you had a team that did that, it would win uh, 121 games. And and game and teams have 121 games. They get into the playoffs and they lose because that's how hard uh, this it is to win the World Series. So my point being, because I feel like I've managed to wander <laughs> off my own trail, is the bullpen is not going to have to be uh, a weapon. This team is not built to 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 shut uh, teams down uh, after they they put up one run. Uh, this is not uh, it's it's not one of those teams that plays in a big ballpark that that's built around pitching. Um, so it's not a finished product. I don't I don't know that we ever were were sold that this was a finished product. And uh, I kind of like the idea that maybe we're going to get to see the process now improve. This this feels so much like the 2007 version of the Phillies in in some cases, in some ways. Um, that 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 hunger that that team had, that that fight that that team had, um, that fun that that team had. Uh, I think by the time you got to like 2011 and 2012, it didn't seem like they were having as much fun as the team in 07 and 08 were. Uh, and maybe that's just my observation. Maybe that's just Cliff Lee, because that guy also one of those guys that just never looked like he was enjoying that anything. <laughs> um, but uh, that that that's my my best comparison to to the '93 team had a different kind of fun vibe because they were had zero <laughs> expectations. And well, um, yeah, '93 was fun in its like its most intoxicating sort of exactly. way. Exactly. But... So that's a different kind of fun. Like that was fun with a capital UN. Um so but uh you know the 07 felt like that was a team of of guys that were f- learning how to win and that's what I feel like this team can be. Uh I also really like about this team and I know that some people hate this maybe. Certainly teams that fans from other other cities. Uh, I love all the handshakes. I love that by watching every day I've I've started to pick up like I can I can anticipate uh, especially when Reese Hoskins is coming across home plate. Like, I know the sequence now of of what yeah. handshakes are going to, you know, are going to come across. And if I was, like, still in Little League, I would have gotten my friends together and be like, okay, you're going to do the, the Mikel Franco one, and you're going to do the, uh, the the Bryce Harper one, and you're going to do the JT Real Muto one, and Cesar Hernandez doesn't have one. And... Um, <laughs> So like that 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 would that's the kind of thing that I loved about baseball as a kid, and I'm glad that it's actually the 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 Phillies that are that have something like that going on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little on the fence with the handshakes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave! To, Come on, Dave! You love handshakes. Like, you know, all right, we're gonna do this every we're gonna do this every time, huh? For six months, we're gonna do this every time. All right, got it. Uh, can we talk about 
fan behavior in the stadium lately? Yes, please. In the ballpark? Yes, please. Look, you motherfuckers, stop <laughs> booing Bryce Harper. I don't want to hear this shit. Like, I get it. Like, I get it's Philly and whatever, and he makes $330 million, and you have these crazy expectations. But he's still a human being, and last time I checked, it's May. Really early May. We're in first place. And you have a first cl- you have a first place baseball team. You need to chill the fuck out. Like yeah. seriously, chill out. How long has this you know cold streak been? A week? Yeah, I mean, you bought it. You bought a, a ticket. You bought a ticket. Good. Oh, good for you. You bought a ticket. Like yeah. it doesn't entitle you to seeing a Bryce Harper home run. Uh, and odds are they're going to win the game that you're you're watching anyway. So just go to the park and friggin' enjoy it. Like why you're booing? Like now. Really? Yeah. Now you're booing it? I mean, even when I'm even calling you out for this shit, like you need to knock it off. But Dave, yeah, it, Dave, it, it doesn't I, show I, that they're tough. It shows that they're ignorant. Sorry, go on, Gene. But Word. Dave, don't you remember? This is not new. Think back to, I believe it was 2001 on a rainy fall <laughs> afternoon. No. Sitting. This is not the same. Sitting in the 700 <laughs> level. When the Phillies, down to the Atlanta Braves, I believe, in the ninth inning, a gentleman in his super box <laughs> opened it to the world, and there, and it was silent in the stadium. It was dead quiet. And this gentleman, speaking really for all of us, screamed, I paid for this. He probably didn't, because no one man pays <laughs> we were for like a super sitting, box. It was like in the rain, and we were losing eight to one. And we had a last place team on our hands. He he did pay for this, though. I'm just saying he that these did. these people do exist, and they've existed for a long time. It's not new. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But, that, but but that's an overall team effort. That is going any individual game. You can boo your team to go, man, guys. This was just a bad game from top to bottom. Like you guys deserve to be booed. To boo a player when he is cold for a small stretch of time is stupid. And you know when you boo Bryce Harper when it is July and he's going through this kind of stretch. Hell, I would say not even the first year. If he has a bad year this year, which already like he he's had a he had a great start, but the or a very good start, I'll say, but if he has a bad first year, I would say even give him a pass. But if don't you're you into should... May, if you're into May of next year, and it's like we way overpaid this guy, yeah, give him a hard time. But don't but you think I, it should I, take like? Don't you think it should take a lot to boo your own player? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm all for giving him an entire year pass. I, I think he should get the Pat Burrell treatment. <laughs> you know how how much of Pat had what that one good rookie year. I forget was his sophomore year okay, but then he struggled. Man, he struggled for a while, and we were, you know, we were treating him like we treated Markel Fultz. You know, going like, "Hey, we're rooting for you, man. You can get out of this." But no, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz was never in Playgirl, just for the record, <laughs> that I know of. Yep. Yeah. Um. That's a distracting comment, man. If you're the one that saying. She's like, and I check for that every month. 
So, so <laughs> what? No, no, but no, I I agree, Dave. I think it's premature. I think it takes a lot to I boo think, your own player, especially one particular what, player. Yeah, I think this is what happens when Eagle fans go, "Oh yeah, I like baseball too now," yeah. and go to the stadium and go, "Oh yeah, this is a game of failure." and uh and adversity and struggle and it's a six-month season i i I forget that sometimes and i put it into the um i don't know micro chip of football or something yeah it's people who don't it's people who don't view angelo cataldi as either ignorant or comedy who go this guy tells it like it is this guy you know he's right we should do x y and z please stop listening to angelo cataldi i'm I'm sorry yankee fan anyway stop listening to him (laughs) all he cares about is your your, his ratings let's leave it alone stop with the angelo so let's let's think back Uh, stop doing the wave yes stop it and stop stop woos stop it the all right, we'll get onto the wave in a moment because the woos is a shorter conversation. But they carried over from Flyers games, and I just hear the woo 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 woo. You're not paying attention to the game. It doesn't have to do with anything that's going on the, the field. When you say the woos, you're talking about Ric Flair. Yes, I'm talking about Ric Flair. I didn't want to give it a full, <laughs> you know, full throated like woo. And even there, oh, that was pretty good. I have three people sleeping in my house. <laughs> <laughs> But sorry, the they're, the wooing is not connected to the game. It's not in celebration. It's not taunting. It's not. It's just people like they're bored and they're not playing on their cell phones, so they're going to woo. But yeah, let's get back to the wave, Dave. Did not mean for that to rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate it. I just I hate it. Did you ever I'm trying like to it? watch a game? What's that? Was there ever a point in your life where you were like, "Oh, Dad, look, the wave's coming around. We got to do it." No, because the wave, the wave started. I think it was like a '90s thing, right? It was like a late '80s no. thing. Yeah, I think it was like a. I, I think I, I don't feel like looking it up right now, but I will. But I bet you the wave's been around at least since the '60s. All right, a couple of things about the wave. One, it works better in a bowl situation that has that's full right so we've never had that in philadelphia so we had the bowl veteran stadium but it was never full no and now you have citizens bank park which has like huge gaps in the seating areas so it's dumb don't do it yeah it looks really stupid you don't don't get the whole effect and it's really only special to the person who thinks they started it right like look at what i've created yeah, let's let's do it. Let's start it. Come on, guys, keep it going. And I always thought that the wave was the thing that happens when you're getting your ass kicked. Like that, that to me was almost like putting up the white flag. Like we're so bored with what's going on on the field. Let's watch what's happening with like literally follow people around the stadium because whatever's happening on the field is so dull. I would rather watch people stand up and sit down. Yeah, it lets you go. Let me look around the stadium and see how many people really don't give a shit about what's happening on the field. Oh, a whole lot. Yeah, it, just it, waiting for their turn to be part of a wave. Yeah, the wave should only a the wave should never happen happen. But b if it's going to, it should happen in a blowout. Either your team is getting blown out, blown out, so you're making your own enjoyment, <laughs> or you're blowing out the other team so badly, you're like, we're just taunting you now. We're like. 
there's no need to pay attention. We're just kicking your ass. To me, and... it's like opening ceremony of the Olympics crap. Right, when there's no actual event going on. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's for TV. I don't know. I don't even know what it's has for. Has there ever I, been a I, moment I where a team has been coming up to bat in a tight situation in the ninth where somebody was rallied to perform better oh by watching the wave? I can't think of that ever happening. <laughs> it was a really tense moment, but I saw the wave and I just settled in. I knew I could do it. Thanks, fans. Because there was no pressure because no one was watching the game. Let me know. You really don't care about whether I succeed or fail in this situation. <laughs> and and real quick, uh, according to Wikipedia, because I'm not going to do any more research than that, the wave um, either began in the late 70s or 80s, and it's attributed to Crazy George Henderson, who did it at NHL games, of all places. Oh, great. So we, we have the NHL to thank for that, eh? <laughs> Thanks, Crazy George. I wonder how he got that moniker. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what else about the Phillies? So we have J Roll J Roll's retirement night. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I think the the conversation that has sparked out of this is should eleven be retired? Well, really, it's 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 thinking about that era of Phillies baseball and and it's really putting forward three numbers that would be retired. Yeah, what 11 20 uh 26 and 6. Right. Yeah. And 35. Yeah. Are people saying 35? Doesn't get mentioned in that group. I mean, well, it's World Series MVP. Uh, well, it's a good point that you make, Dave. It's, you know, those four Outside of the the minor heroes, you know, your your Victorino, your Ruiz, and I'm not yeah, want to diminish them, but I mean, I'll they're they're the supporting, you know, they're the supporting actors. You know, get your four leads. Um, could could yeah. you do one without the others? Like, could you? Would it make sense to say like we'll we'll retire eleven, but we're not going to retire twenty six or six? See, here's well, the thing: I don't think they're going to need to retire twenty six because who is going to come into this organization? as a free agent or a rookie and be like, um, I think I want to be 26. That's available. Right. Right. I feel like it's something Arietta would do. It, <laughs> yeah, He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Or some like left-handed relief pitcher that comes from Detroit for like half a season. He's going to be like, well, I wear to 26, man. So like, that's my number, dude. I mean, it won't be long before players are like, who the hell is Chase Utley? You know? Yeah. And, and players do come from all over the world, you know, right. in, you know, 10 like, years. A Japanese player. Yeah, a Japanese guy is like, I want to be 26. Like, why? I'm like, I, I've been 26 my whole life. What about Chase Utley? Really don't know who you're talking about. Like, right. So I guess but, you're making the, the case that we have to retire it to protect it from usurpers. Well, if you want, if you want, no, here's, here's the reason why you retire numbers. You don't <laughs> want anyone to ever wear it again. <laughs> Mind blown i know but but that's not how the phillies define it the phillies define a number gets retired when that player makes it to the hall of fame so if a player Period. that played on the team goes into the hall of fame they automatically get their number retired like it's just like right? an auto an auto thing right so that's hence the roy halliday thing right his number immediately goes on the wall right well Halliday's a little different because he only played here for four years and he died under tragic circumstances too so it becomes uh 
you know, a memorial kind of thing as well. Should we just retire um, his number across the league then? <laughs> Hyperbolic gene, man. Um, but to, to get down to it, of that 08 team, like, you know who the odd man out is going to be of the position play of the, you know, offensive players. It's going to be Ryan Howard. But, you know, but it, it's uh, uh, I it should put my ugly. money. Right. Because Ryan Howard and Jim, Jimmy Rollins have MVPs and Ryan Howard won rookie of the year. I'm not saying it should be Ryan. And Howard. Jimmy I, Rollins is the closest to being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like closest with the closest with numbers that would make qualify for the Hall of Fame. Although they're. I have heard some stuff about Utley's numbers compared to like, other second basemen. Yeah, uh, I I think it. You know, the Hall of Fame criteria is not a bad one. It's pretty much what the Flyers use. Um, if you make the Hall of Fame and you were a flyer for a significant amount of time, you get your number retired. It, it's not a bad way to let someone else make the decision for you. I don't think that. Any of the players on the OA team are going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. But I feel like you are neglecting that era of Phillies baseball if you don't include some of, you know, some portion of them in that in that way. You've right, got look, guys here, from the Here's Wizkins, my argument. Here's my argument. The Phillies organization is over 100 years old. We have six retired numbers. One of them is Jackie Robinson, and the league made us retire it. <laughs> so five players in a hundred years. We've been really bad for a long period. <laughs> that of is time. true. <laughs> so, okay, well, you know what the silver lining is on that? Because we you have, have two... a lot of wiggle room of people you can retire their numbers for if you want to. We yeah. have two teams that won world titles, and from the eighty team, we have two numbers retired. And probably should have a third number retired, but that player is never going to go in the Hall of Fame. You're going to retire Pete Rose's number? You don't think that we would retire Phil, uh, Pete Rose's number? Oh, my. Here we go again uh, with this. How many years did he play for the Phillies? Two? Was it that many? Yes. I don't know what it was, but it was very it's brief. Like three. I mean, he is, uh, he is a red. Okay, but you still <laughs> yeah. are it. So you still have two retired numbers from the 1980 team. Granted, both of them also in the Hall of Fame. So let's use that criteria. Won a championship. You get two numbers from a championship team. Is the odd man out Chase Utley? I I think no. I think uh, because now we're getting to intangibles. Uh, Chase Utley is all intangibles. I know. But I'd say J-Roll is... In, I, I'd say if we're doing two of the four, definitely J roll. <sighs> didn't Hamels... he wear two numbers? Didn't J roll wear two numbers? It would be eleven, though, right? It would be eleven. He wore what, like twenty nine for a little while, yeah. Yeah, not, I don't know, but he definitely eleven for J roll. And then I think uh, Utley the, just the, for his reputation. They're three pack. They just do all three. Who cares? Just do all three. Let the fans be happy about it. Yeah, and especially because I, I think Howard gets so disrespected around here. It's they they his contribution to those teams really gets overlooked. 
Because I think yeah. a lot of people have but, the last thing on their mind of Ryan Howard is is him blowing out his Achilles and never being good again, basically. Those people can go to hell, and they're the same people that are out there booing Bryce Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just retire all the notes. Just, just do it. Just all three of them. <laughs> okay. I, I, thought, I thought you were throwing your hands up in the argument. Just retire every number. <laughs> These are using letters from here on out. And I can't wait to see their uh, plaques on the, the Phillies Hall of Fame next to Lieberthal and uh, John Malk. I, I don't even know. Just whoever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. They're just making. You can just make up names. Throw them up on the wall. Tommy Hurd. Dickie Thon. Rico Bronia up on the wall of fame. And I, I was ready to move on to this point, but we're bringing up the wall of fame. The reason why we have to have this conversation of retired numbers is because the Phillies Wall of Fame is so meaningless. It, it really is. Like, I want to take a sledgehammer and knock down the Wall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> have I gone too far with that? I would like to commit acts of vandalism against the Wall of Fame. They just rechristen it something like the players who have played for the Phillies. Yeah, <laughs> alumni, uh, uh, alumni the, showcase. Alumni showcase, <laughs> and just go, we're gonna do one every year, and then you know every couple of years we're actually gonna put somebody in the wall of fame. But until we get them all up there, we're gonna yeah. keep on doing it. <laughs> Special event night, two thousand nineteen, guy. Players who have hit over the Mendoza line as members of the Phillies. <laughs> You had an under five ERA. You qualify. (laughs) Brothers of better players wing. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Moving on. Uh, Chuck, you have some condiment news for us. (laughs) I do. I do. The good people at Dietz and Watts. Uh, Deets and Watson? Or Deets and Watson, Watson, like Sherlock Holmes' yeah. friend. Yeah, I said Deets and Watson. I'm like, that's like a light bulb. Give me a Deets and Watson. Um, Give me the Deets on these Watts. <laughs> well, I'm distracted by the whole Deets nuts campaign, um, which is actually what led um, me to come across the gritty sauce, which limited run being was given away on Saturday of this week. Um, at the Deets and Watson store in Philadelphia. It's gritty was there. It's orange. It's apparently <laughs> spicy. Um, but gritty now has his own sauce and or hot sauce. And I guess you put it on hoagies or cold cuts or Deets nuts. <laughs> well, that's, that was my question. What is it? Is it something that they currently already make? They just slapped a gritty label on it? Or is this a special gritty recipe? I imagine it's a special gritty recipe. But one day we get one day to try and get our, our hands on this. I am mad. I, if I have to guess again, I'm going to say it's going to be back at least to start the flyer season. They had gritty out promoting the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> well, see what happens when gritty promotes things. Shenanigans. <laughs> gritty had some money on that race and what gritty wants gritty gets. I'm going to see, let me just do a quick Google search here. If I can get my hands on some gritty 
sauce here. So the first thing comes up, Deets and Watts in the deli shop. Can you only uh, get it live? Like you have to go to like I think that was the thing, right? Like, like you gotta you go to like to, to the plant and like they, they uncork the the spout and pour your, your gritty sauce. It actually right? comes directly out of gritty. <laughs> <laughs> so you need him there to uh yeah. Does he bless it like like a rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> is oh gritty God. sauce kosher right, that's the real it. question i would get gritty's gonna be in the house 1 to 2 p.m and he's bringing his spicy gritty sauce but it's limited so get it while it's hot see hot coming directly out of gritty <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think it is kosher if it's coming out of gritty because i believe you you can't take you know blood from a live animal so i would say gritty sauce is not kosher if gritty himself produces it and you get it from his body all right i'm not even uh i'm not seeing the gritty sauce even on the secondary market here so uh, there's no suggestion as to what to use the gritty sauce for should you take like a whole bottle and put it into a slow cooker and like baste some meat with it or is it like a condiment like mustard put it on a hot dog put it on a hot dog you think that would work, Chuck? As long as it's coming straight from a hot dog cannon. <laughs> I think if the hot dog comes from the hot dog cannon, you're good. Uh, I think it would pair very nicely with Amoroso's flyers rolls that always make me do a, like a double check in Giant. I'm like, oh, the flyers rolls. Are they in the shape of the flyers logo? Nope. Just orange you know, packaging. So they're the, uh, they're the Kaiser, right? Like, yeah, the they're the Amaro, Kaiser. The, yeah. I like the Phillies club clubhouse, like club yeah. rolls. Yeah. Hmm. They could they're go on. They could go on flyers pretzels that are shaped like the flyers logo. Now that's an idea. Yeah. A nice sourdough. Yeah. Or are you talking about a soft? pretzel? No, it was the, they no. sell them at the stadium. Like they have flyers logo shaped soft pretzel. Oh, like a super yeah. pretzel. Yeah. What? That, no, I <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, like you've never been in Philadelphia before. Like hard pretzels, like no, like like a pretzel, like super pretzel. No, the inspiration no, no. for super pretzels. No, the one no, out of, a, out of they a... are super pretzels. They're the ones that are hanging in the the rack that's spinning, right? No, th- th- no th- those are like super pretzels. But no, look at like a fucking Philadelphia pretzel, <laughs> like out of a like out of a shopping cart by a guy who suddenly your mother's going to be concerned about whether or not that guy washed his hands when he went to the bathroom because like, he didn't because Larry meant to washed him do it. My dad always told me that enhanced the flavor. <laughs> well, they're doing something right, but I actually I think the Flyers pretzels are made by Philadelphia Pretzel Factory. So do the Flyers pretzels. <laughs> Okay. The Deets and Watson uh, gritty, gritty sauce, sauce on top, and there's a whole handful of Deets nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, keep your toilet paper handy. <laughs> you could have a Joel and Bead experience. <laughs> Joel's revenge. <laughs> That's what the theme for Game Five should be. Joel's oh revenge. <laughs> Don't drink the water. All right, I've had enough of the show. Let's go to Chuck's penalty box. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Tonight, we're going to start with Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box? So I think what what has been bugging me, who I want to put in my penalty box, is people that hoard collectibles and collectible things. So uh, a good example would be people that go to baseball games on bobblehead night 
and they bring usually unrelated children to them or they uh <laughs> They they go and try to bribe children who are un, you know, or their parents who are of, of small children for their their bobblehead to put it on the secondary market. I I bet this is probably happening with gritty sauce. But see that's that's maybe the more egregious is there's probably some idiot who went and got gritty sauce this weekend who was going to put it in a cabinet and then try to sell it in like three years because it's going to be rare, so rare and so expired and so disgusting. Um, Think about this, and I'm going to call my own father out for this. He had a can of Coca-Cola that was like a Super Bowl label, not even for an Eagle Super Bowl because it was from like one of the Denver Broncos. Law. I think it was the year the Denver Broncos got smoked by the Washington Redskins, so like 1986. And this sat in my cabinet at my house for like two decades. And I would say to him, Dad, why do we have a can of Coke in the cabinet unopened and he said because it's a collectible and it's going to be worth money someday let me tell you how much money that's probably worth you can probably count it on one hand it's probably worth as much as the aluminum is aluminum is on the on the can but like yeah exactly so that's that's the i think that there's that's indicative of this insane thing of people that hoard stuff collectibles on the secondary market and like miss the whole point of like having collectibles like sometimes stuff's supposed just to just supposed to be fun you don't have to charge 90 dollars on ebay for a bobblehead of mike lieberthal i'm done <laughs> that's oh, what mike lieberthal bobbles are going for that's these just days. because they showed up on the office <laughs> okay, so uh, for people who do not stop and smell the flowers and for people who um, should just put their money in a nice, reliable mutual fund or a money market fund, get some better return than on your bobbleheads, you're getting a double minor, two minutes for poor decisions and two minutes for Coca-Cola that you can't drink anymore. All right, Dave, who is in your penalty box? Okay, I am putting... Austin Krell into my penalty box. Is 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 he an extra from like Thor? <laughs> no. Um Austin Krell is a uh I don't know. I think he's got a podcast and he does like a sports Philadelphia website or whatever. Um anyway, he put a tweet out that got some traction that says, um, if you weren't alive to see a player during his career. You cannot wear that player's jersey. There shouldn't be any 19-year-olds wearing Mike Schmidt jerseys or Jordan jerseys. Well, that's stupid. Uh, go ahead. That, that's dumb. That's just stupid. It is. That's why he's in my penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> because learn your history, man. You can appreciate players that, that, that didn't play during your lifetime. Actually, it makes you a more well-rounded sports fan and probably a better human being. So, um, you know, look, you want to pay uh, homage to your team's past. You want to learn a little bit about your team's history. You want to show that you know a little bit about your team's history. Hell yeah, man. My kids are rocking Iverson jerseys. My kids are rocking Schmidt jerseys. Don't tell me that they can't wear them. So fuck you, Austin Krell. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, this is the first person going into the penalty box, and then when they get out, Dave is going to fight them. So, uh, Austin Krell, you're getting uh, a two-minute minor 
uh, for not learning from history, and you're going right back in the box for a five-minute major for fighting Dave DiOrio. <laughs> Chuck, who's in your penalty box? All right, I'm going to do a last-minute audible here because I was going to put another person of dubious sports credentials, <laughs> same sort of thing, <laughs> like writes a blog or does a podcast um so i i won't double dip there so i'm gonna put anyone who disagrees with me about women's hockey these people fall into three categories and every single one of you are wrong uh we're gonna start first with the worst offenders this is um these are men who tell people no one wants to watch women's hockey so this whole thing comes about from uh, 200 uh, professional women's hockey players boycotting the National Women's Hockey League saying, hey, they want a real league. They want one that works. Pretty much saying they want the WNBA model. Whole idea being these are athletes. They want to make a living off what they do. And the NHL has expressed interest in the past of you know assisting them. But for various reasons that I'm not going to go into now, haven't done so. And every response is, I can't believe these women want to get paid the same as the men. They don't. I can't believe they think professional women's hockey is going to make money. And, you know, people talking about the viability. It's not about making money. It's about getting the game out there, about promoting the game, etc. So first, first class people, you're in the penalty box. Second class people, the ones who do not understand how unions work. So <laughs> the NHLPA put out a statement of quasi-support to these women boycotting the uh, NWHL. And they're like, I cannot believe that the PA didn't provide full-throated support to these women as they seek better pay and better rights and health insurance and all these good things without recognizing that there's a women's hockey union that's not supporting this. The NWHL PA exists they're not part of the boycott and it should take 30 seconds to realize why one union is not bad mouthing another one so um people who disagree with me you're going in the penalty box because i have a forum to say something and you do not um <laughs> four minutes double minor for my ego hey before we close the penalty box can we put one in as a show Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Smash Mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going in the penalty box because because we have I feel like we're obligated as a Philadelphia sports podcast to at least say to Smash Mouth, you are irrelevant. You will continue to be irrelevant. Stop posting about stuff that is not <laughs> lyrics to your dumb songs. So Smash Mouth uh, came out with a tweet to Bryce Harper that basically said, we told you you should have went to San Francisco because Philly fans are booing you. Yeah, well, we can start to list Philadelphia musicians that are here that he would probably want to see in concert uh, way before Smash Mouth. And we would be here all night doing it because there's a lot. Yep. Uh, all right. Giving so them a penalty, Chuck? Yes, Smash Mouth. The best thing you ever did was contribute to the Mystery Men soundtrack. And that movie is long forgotten and 20 years old. Smash Mouth, you're getting a two-minute minor for Ill irrelevance. Sorry, I closed the app, so I had to uh, oh. make that one. 
I thought you were trying to do like All Star or Walking on the Sun or something. I closed the whistle, the whistle app. So okay. The little whistle there for you. Thank you. I wish uh, Hall and Oates had counter tweeted. That's what I really wish had happened. Who Hall and Oates? Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot Matt more Hubner hits than Smash Mouth. Just say Quest Love and be done with it. All right, I'm done with this show. That's all the time we have for today, everybody. Uh, please, uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, uh, rate the show, uh, give it a nice review. Uh, it helps us out, helps other people find the show. Also, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Um, also coming out on Wednesday is the next episode of the whip around podcast for your weird news, um, presented in a uh, comedic fashion. It'll be very, very funny. I will be, uh, I'll be on this week, probably ranting about something that, uh, is going to occur to me tomorrow when I'm traveling to Arizona. Um, so, uh, and that's it. That's, that's, that's the whole show for today. So we'll see you back on Monday, uh, talking about a, a Sixers, uh, playoff series win more Phillies stuff and anything else that comes across the, uh, the Philadelphia news wire. Have a great day at work, everybody. 